0: Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.
1: So today, um, we wanted it to to come together and chat about uh, sangha today. The subject today is is sangha. And for those of you that are not familiar, maybe with the term, uh, sangha means spiritual friend, you know, or spiritual friends on the path, spiritual community. And <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the different aspects. And um, traditionally, sangha was really meant to to describe the the monks um, in Buddha's day. You know, sangha now has evolved to in the Mahayana tradition to incorporate you know all of our um, dip, uh, lay practitioners uh, like, like ourselves non-monastics um, as well and then it's taken on you know different d- different meanings uh, or i would just say different uh, traits um, of course sangha in a traditional sense is really pointing to the aspects of our spiritual friends um, that are that are taking part in, in the, on the path. And yet, it has very human qualities to it as well, just like the sense of community, which is where I'll, I'll start. You know, we all want a sense of community, just on a human level, like a non-Dharma level, just coming together um, as a community. And you know, I came up with a topic before um, we got the news yesterday. Uh, you might have heard that there is a new president elect, um, Joe Biden. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's not big news, but you might have heard. I don't know, <laughs> but um, but this whole political process has been very very difficult in the last the last four years especially um, it's been very difficult i think on on both sides there's a lot of fear a lot of fear on on both sides um, of the political spectrum and we can see that when when fear arises the sense of community or i should say the need the the urge the yearning for community rises along along with it and i think there's an aspect of of the sangha which is this aspect of love and and where we could take refuge in this and i'm back up for a little bit i I forgot to to mention that um sangha is part of the three jewels so we take refuge in the buddha the dharma the sangha and you know this taking refuge is is really because we've become a refugee on the path so obviously taking refuge a lot of times it's it's uh, translated to shelter like taking shelter from the storm but we're, we're taking shelter from the storm because when we've left this these samsaric attachments, we're really like a raft, like out at sea. We become refugees because before this, before the path, we've taken refuge in samsara. We've taken refuge in in uh, grasping for things that are that are not reliable, right? But they're at least known. Like we've become accustomed and habituated to to taking refuge here. So there's a sense when we meet the Dharma, we need to take refuge in the Buddha, uh, the Dharma and the Sangha as a new new reliable sources. And this is a scary process in and of itself, right? Which I'll get into a little bit more, this can be scary. So we're taking refuge in the Sangha. So if you're on the, the different ends of the political spectrum, um, I've never personally been a part of um, a political climate where there was actual fear, you know, I was talking to my friends, a couple of friends in the Midwest and in the South. And they literally were talking about putting Trump signs on their lawn because they felt that they might be in danger if they had a different opinion. And no matter where you are in the spectrum, I've just never felt that I never felt fear like that, like this is an actual um a reality to fear something. And I was watching um over the weekend, I watched a movie called um A Call to Spy. I don't know if anyone have seen that one, but it's about women spies in World War ii It's it's a really amazing, amazing move a movie based on all true events. <clears throat> I think there was a total of thirty nine um, women spies. and the main character went on to become the first um, woman uh, female CIA CIA agent, uh, the first ever CIA agent. And they were behind enemy lines and and they were taking refuge in Sangha. They were taking refuge in community, in in each other. But what I recognized most was this: this taking refuge was a sense of of being, of, of mental refuge. In this, in this, I'm doing the right thing attitude, and we're doing the right thing together, you know, as as a whole. Like their their um, their community was doing the right thing, and. Their life was you know in danger the entire time, yeah you know, behind enemy lines, and they were able to convert that anxiety and whatnot into um some sense of stability through taking refuge in this way. and again, we're when we're met with this fear aspect, we can convert that into some love and compassion, kindness. Uh, purpose and a lot of times we can meet that um, not by ourselves all the time we we have a hard time doing and meeting this by ourselves but we can do we can meet it as um, a community with others helping us meet our own individual fears and um, anxieties we can meet it together <clears throat> and I had a very um sobering event on on Thursday that kind of really hit home for me um, in this way i um, <clears throat> I went riding on Thursday. Um, I went riding my motorcycle on Thursday, and I went to um, a motocross track. And um, it's a very prominent track, and it was a big race um, this weekend. And when I got there, they said that the the main track was closed, and uh, but we could ride on other tracks. And um, so i just thought oh they're prepping for the for the big race uh, this this weekend so <clears throat> i went in and and uh i was about to unload my bike and i parked next to this younger looking guy maybe you know teenager 18 19 years old maybe and uh i said oh you know is the the vet track crowded it's the, we have a main track and what they call the vet track and uh, motocross track and he said, uh, yeah, it's pretty crowded. And I said, Oh, they must have closed the main track, you know, for the for the races this weekend. And he said, No, that, that's someone. He said that someone passed away on this track. <clears throat> but he said it really nonchalant. And uh... <clears throat> and unfortunately, you know, it happens more often than we'd like. <clears throat> Somebody passed away last week too at another track. And, um, the the fact of it is is that you know we're gonna go we're gonna go riding i mean you know you move from one track and someone passes away and li- li- literally you know, the riding doesn't stop you know so some guy just go over and they're just riding the next track and me too i'm about to i'm about to do the same thing and so uh you know i i, I go back in my truck i say some mantras uh for for the for the man who lost his life, and and then uh, you know I unload, unload my bike and I go riding, and um and so the next day <clears throat> I saw this this great video. Um, it was a guy named Ryan Hughes. He's a former uh, motocross champion, um, influencer on Instagram. You know, lots of lots of followers and this and that and. And I've connected with with Ryan in different ways. He talks about meditation and yoga and really good stuff, and brings that in to the motorcycle community and talks a lot about safety, my like proper riding. Um, I've gotten personal coaching from him. And he had a very powerful video the next day after this happened. he was there too. And he saw it right after, right after it happened. And he also saw that everyone just went and on with their day and he said that you know we didn't we didn't honor him we didn't honor that guy you know we could have we could have come together we could have made a circle we could have said some prayers we could have had a moment of silence he's like i'm totally ashamed of myself i'm ashamed of how just how the state of things are like this and he's like we don't want to look at it we don't want to look at that possibility. We don't want to look at the fact that it could happen to us, right? and so and so we ignore it, and we move on. And, you know, he just pointed to this fact that it's we don't want to look at these hard things. We don't want to look at death, you know, just right then and there. You know, you don't want to think that it could happen to you. But think of, what would happen if we did do that together? Like if we all went, there's hundreds of people there, hundreds of hundreds of people there. What if we went and we met that reality together in that moment? You know, how would that feel for everyone to face their internal struggle with it, right? As we're honoring that individual, but we're facing our own internal struggle with it. How could, how would that have transformed our ability to be with, to be with it and processing it, you know, in that moment. It's not like it just doesn't go away, obviously. And it really made me think of, of Sangha. Like we're meeting, I mean, we're, we, we do this exact practice in Buddhist meditation, death and impermanent practice, death and impermanence. In the monastic tradition, especially meditating on on a corpse, bringing the corpse in, you know, last year I got an email from my monk friend and he says, yeah, we have a dead body coming in this morning that we get to meditate on. So we're asking ourselves to do this this practice. We're looking at the reality of things. And doing it together, facing these challenges together, all of the fears—whether it be political fears, um, fears of lo- losing your job or your partner, getting ill—all um, of those things, and we need to do this together. So, speaking. Of, that's like the community aspect and then i want to touch touch on some other aspects that are more uh, particular to dharma sangha spiritual friends dharmic friends and of course these are people that are on the path and i, I like to say triers you know, these are people that are we're just trying and And if you're trying, then then you can be supportive to somebody else. One aspect that we wanna be uh, cognizant of in, in our practice is that we're doing this together, but we're doing this alone at the same time. In other words, we're not a team. And what I mean by that, it's not like a basketball team where like you have five different players, you know, on the court and you're collectively trying to, to attain something, you know, to win a game. What we want to do, we want to have the, 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 this energy that We're actually whole complete practitioners by ourselves completely independent because the reality is this is true. We're transforming our own minds. And Chorgen Chupa used to talk about this point and he would say, you know, Sangha is not like, you know, if we're not a strong individual practitioner, if we fall down, then we knock down the people next to us. It's like a domino effect. Like I fall down and I knock everyone else down. You know, because we're leaning on people. It's not like that. We're not leaning on each other. We're doing this, we're doing this individually and that way if somebody is falling then we can stand them back up (laughs) not get not get knocked over right so we're strong in our own practice and again the strength of our practice again it's just a trying it's not like oh you know i'm I'm a whole practitioner because you know I do a hundred days of retreat a year and I meditate for three hours a day and all this stuff. No, it's just that we're 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 gentle, we're kind, we're we're honest. I would say honesty and gentleness. I think the best practitioner is is that we're honest with ourselves we're honest with ourselves of like this is what I need to do. These are where I'm lacking. These are my faults. These are my strong points. We have that self awareness. These are the antidotes. And then we are kind and gentle gentle to ourselves when we come up short, which we will all the time. And when we have when we look at our own practice like this, we could really be a continuation of the Dharma. I mean of the Buddha Dharma um, Sangha. So the continuation of taking refuge. So we take refuge in the in the Buddha. There's a lot to, to take refuge in there. So Buddha was a wonderful example of a human being that found liberation. Very, very rich. Right. And of course, on a deeper level, we're we're taking refuge in our Buddha nature. This is a very rich thing to take refuge in. Taking refuge in the Dharma is also very, very rich. This is the teachings of the Buddha. There's a lot of beautiful teachings. Also, Dharma means truth. So the truth of what is. This is very rich. There's a lot of wisdom to be extracted here. But the song is a little different. The Sangha, it's very rich. The Sangha (laughs) is rich. The Sangha is made up of um, practitioners that are willing to look at themselves authentically. And to see their own neurosis, you know, that we all have. And to see the challenges. And to use the tools, to use the Dharma. To strive to overcome them. Then then the sangha becomes really rich, right? If we are looking at ourselves in this way individually, then we become very rich as a resource for each other to depend on. And another aspect is that. The other aspect of sangha. You know we're we're all equal, and this is a very important um, aspect. That we're all equal. Um, you might have seen on Facebook, I I posted this image of Ajahn Brahm, and he's like, I'm routinely outvoted by my sangha, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> so as an abbot um He's outvoted, you know, all the time, by his sangha. He says, "I'm I'm very proud of that." So the, the sangha also is here to to keep us humble, you know. And Ajahn Brahm was talking about, you know, power, and and we have actually this part of our renunciation practice is we um, have given up that. Um, because we see that uh, power is 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 difficult if not impossible to overcome and and we see this as part of i think the fear thing in again no matter what you where you voted you can't deny that trump has a lot of power influence um over his his core um, um contingent follow followers, if you will. So this is, this brings up a lot of fear, because we know that um, power is difficult to, to to, it's very difficult to stay grounded. You know, um, I heard recently, I was listening to like a class on um, something I can't remember. And they were talking about how um, the ability to see clearly in in uh, large corporations, the ability to see clearly, like um, logically, rationally, reasonably, within a, a large corporate environment, um, you never want to talk to the CEO. <laughs> Oftentimes, they cannot see clearly because um, this this literally the, the the power is skewed. They're not actually they're seeing it from such a uh, such a narrow viewpoint, but the people that are more just a worker bee types so actually can see things very, very clearly, right? So the Sangha, we when we take refuge we, refuge, we take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. We're not taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and our teacher. Not the Buddha, the Dharma, and our guru. Not the Buddha, the Dharma, and, you know, some individual thing. It's a Buddha, Dharma, and the Sangha collectively, all together, all together. It's like, um, you know, this uh, when, when is when Buddha died, they asked him, who's going to take over? Buddha, who's going to take over Buddhism? Like, who's going to lead? He said, nobody. Nobody's going to lead. The teachings, the techniques, that's it. Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. All right. Um, especially topic today. I want to, I want us to be able to connect with each other um, ample time for that. So I think I'll stop here there and um, yeah, I'll break us up into, into groups and maybe speak to what has Sangha given you to your practice. So we could kind of extract some wisdom there for ourselves. Is like, for your spiritual friends, how have they affected, uh, your, your personal practice, um, having spiritual friends and community spiritual community. All right. Oh, look at that kitty cat. (laughs) That's awesome. I don't know if everyone can see, but Adrian has a, a kitty cat asleep by the fire. (laughs) It's so cool. Um, so yeah, you don't want to share the larger group um, what came up for them with how Sangha can um, can assist our, our practice and our path. Uh, Dawn.
2: Hi everyone. Yeah. You know, thank you to my. My little group um, it's, it's just always so beautiful even if I' sometimes i'm just not in the mood and then it's always beautiful and edifying and, and i think basically uh we sort of diverge. i love that you know we get all in these <laughs> different we, don't, we at first we're not talking about what we're really meant to be talking about but then like, it sort of came back around to um Well, I guess I felt really grateful because of you, Casey, uh, your vulnerability, and then also just the way that our sangha holds the space that allows me to connect with really what is um, most important, most true, Um, you know, how I want to show up. And, you know, with my neighbors who aren't celebrating today, um, who aren't happy, about the results and to and actually even reflect on might I want to say something about that, you know, to actually bring it up and you know just things that I wouldn't reflect on um, and that you that I'm able to be more brave, make like more courageous because of Sangha. So yeah, thank you that's and I just some of my thoughts.
1: Thank you. Um, Anthony.
3: Um, thank you for your talk, Casey, Um, very timely. I feel like the the whole country is is a song. And unfortunately, it's pulling in two different directions. And I had a friend over and we couldn't agree on anything. And I realized that it was because he's a fox news watcher and he starts out with different facts he's listening to dr charles atlas say that you know it doesn't make sense to wear a mask and a mask will get you sick and you know how can we ever come to an agreement when you have these fringe people that are being being thrust in the media as and people think that what they're saying is factually accurate but there needs to be a law that says look, what we have a health issue here. What does the preponderance of the evidence say is the best way to ensure the health of the American people? Uh, we can't listen to the 1% on one side or the 1% on the other side. Um, and it, it just is in so many areas. I think we're being pulled apart because we're not even starting out with the same information which leads to you know, these delusions that uh, you know, the coronavirus doesn't, I'm talking with an elderly guy yesterday when I'm picking up some food from a restaurant and he's explaining to me that the coronavirus is a hoax and that no one is actually sick and that the doctors are making lots of money by saying that people are dying from coronavirus but no one is really ill. And how can we ever come together as a country if we all start out with different facts. So I'm hoping in this new administration, we can bring the Sangha of the United States together uh, by at least starting out with the same factual information and hopefully come into some more similar conclusions.
1: Wonderful, thank you. Uh, Sue? I can
0: share. (laughs)
1: yeah go Go ahead
0: ahead, Adrian. yeah yeah go ahead um so you know I I just feel like I'm so incredibly uh fortunate to have this sangha which I was saying I think I found you guys maybe five or so years ago you and Wendy, Casey, Um, and um, just how, I I mean, the quality, the quality of the friendships is just amazing. I, I, I was saying that, you know, it seems to me in our culture, anyone who can sit and be still is such, you know, an unusual thing and then to be surrounded in a group of people who can be still and in do that as a practice the quality of the friendships it's just amazing and i'm just i just wish that everyone could have this because i feel like we would be living in a different world if we did um And just even for me to to sit here today, I rarely come to the Zoom meetings anymore. But to like see Dawn's mom here from Florida, it's just such a treat, you know? Um, That when because of quarantine, we're reaching other people maybe from a little further away than we might normally. And that that we're truly, truly, all connected, you know, like in that that we're all so unique, that somehow there's seven billion of us on this planet, seven like over seven billion, and that we're each unique, and that we all want to be heard, and that truly at the end of the day, we want connection, that that's what we really want. And so feeling a little hopeful that maybe, we can unify a little bit and and have a restart. That's it. Thank you for letting me share.
1: Thank you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> and then, yeah, Sue.
4: So um, I wrote down a few things that our group talked about. Um, words that came up were trust, comfort, authentic, the family I could choose, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the heart connection and safety. Um, I think that seeing you, Casey, so emotional um, spoke to me that you were always there for us, and to see you um, vulnerable and trusting that we were there for you. And the same with Joel and Wendy, um, our teachers um, needing us. And like you said, we're all equal. We're all here for each other at any time for things like this and for to share joy as well. Just, I was just touched by the stories this morning. Um, and then I also wanted to share one image um, for any of you who remember the 70s, the trust test where you stood in the, you stood in front of someone with your back to them and you fell straight back trusting that they would catch you. And um, I participated in a few of those. And that's what the image came, Casey, also when you were talking about not being dominoes and you know, we're all just gonna fall on each other, but that person falls back and knows that someone's there for them. And I think that's what Sangha is uh, for me today, especially. So thank you all so much for being my spiritual friends, it means the world to me.
1: Thank you, Sue, so much. Uh, Mindia?
0: Oh, hi. Uh,
5: um, I found our Sangha about four or five years ago also now. Um, very, very grateful. Uh, soon after I moved to the Long Beach area, I was effortfully looking for a Sangha. And I had tried a number of other groups and things and nothing felt right and then all of a sudden I found Wendy and Casey and uh, a lot of you and I thought this feels like home. So I'm very grateful. Um, And I had a beautiful sharing uh, with Dawn and Dawn in our group and just wanted to echo what uh, Dawn was saying, you know, we were just appreciating Casey for all that beautiful honesty and vulnerability today and um and just so often the reminder especially for me about the the kindness the gentleness component because i i feel uh i do really well with the honesty part a lot but sometimes there's that harshness the judgment the edge and so i need a lot of reminders about the kindness part to just uh, be more compassionate with this uh, the awareness coming in. And my last, I had so many things. My last thing I just want to say also, it was just so beautiful today because maybe I'm not the only one who had an expectation of some more uplifting, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, meeting today. And then Casey was just so, Uh, perfectly human and sharing the priorities of the morning. You know, that was more emotional and and more heavy. And that's why we're here. And that these are just fluctuations. These are the clouds coming and going. We were upset a few nights ago. A lot of us scared about the election results and everything turned around. There's highs, lows, and here we are. We're just here together trying to connect with our hearts through whatever we're all going through. And it's just beautiful. So thank you for, so many gifts
1: just from this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Uh, we have time for one more. Uh, Kevin?
6: Trying to unmute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Paul and I, we had a small group, Paul and I, and we were talking about some of the <clears throat> things that we had been Formerly involved with uh, fellowships and groups, and uh, the one thing that that stands out to me about you know, and I haven't been a part of the group as long as as most of you, but it's been a it's been a real salvation for me over these last few months, especially this uh, Zoom meeting doesn't seem to hinder my you know my my ability to connect and everything, and um, the one thing. Uh, from my past experiences, and, and what's so different about being part of this Sangha is that um, there are no preconditions. I don't feel like I have to, you know, to achieve or toe any particular line to be a part of this group. That's the thing, the unconditionality of it. And, uh, you know, so it's more, it, it feels more like a, a true family to me to be connected. You know, I was just think Robert Frost has this great line that says um, in one of his poems that says family is something you hadn't ought to deserve, which is a new English way of saying, you know, this is the one place you don't have to deserve to be a part of. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I really, you know, that I really appreciate about this. We come as we are and we learn as as we go and there, there are no... Nothing necessary to achieve in the process, so I'm, I'm very thankful for that.
1: Beautiful, thank you, thank you. And um, I got a I got a, a personal chat. We have a few minutes left. Um, I think Julie, did you have your hand up and I missed it? If so, I'm sorry, and feel free to um, to chat. Yeah. Um, you want to go ahead and say something? I think you're muted now.
7: Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. I just wanted sure. to mention um, two things that you had brought up in terms of the fear that you experienced when when you mentioned that kind of not having ever experienced that kind of fear before. Um, and there are so many people, whether it's women or people of color or gay, lesbian or transgendered, or whomever um, that walk through the world having to be afraid of walking out of their front door. What are people are gonna think of them? What communities or groups or situations they're entering where people may not be accepting or embracing of them. And just for us to be um, very sensitive to that there's an entire world of people that walk through the world feeling Fearful, um, whether it's about your political leanings or the color of your skin or your sexual orientation, and um, I think we we can forget about that. We become self centered, and then when you had mentioned about this this um, this man who had passed, I appreciated the way you put it. It was our I felt all of our hearts kind of going out to you for sure and to this man who's passed but it wasn't about it was a trump supporter it was someone who again was gay lesbian transgendered or a person of color it wasn't there was no identifier other than this was a human being who had lost his life and we get wow. so caught up like people just kind of riding around this guy we get so our country is based on this individualism that we forget to stop and look that there are other human beings around us that are suffering. And um, so I appreciated you, your shares um, on both of those counts. And so um, thank you for that.
1: And, and thank you. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks. You have just listened
0: to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.